Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. All right, good morning, everyone, and thank you again for joining us today. I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. This is Good Morning New York Real Estate, and I am Vince Rocco. On our show today, in New York City, the global epicenter of the corona pandemic, uh, homeowners are not putting their homes on the market so fast. New sales inventory has hit a significant low during the months of lockdown, as validated by several real estate platforms. However, the New York City rental market is showing early signs of a turnaround from the sharp declines it experienced in mid-March, when public health protocols around COVID-19 took effect. This New York City rental market rebound is still beginning, but should bring some encouragement to renters, landlords, and rental agents alike. Also today, how are millennials shifting their buying strategy? Is it in response to the COVID-19 pandemic? We will discuss all, all of this and so much more as Good Morning New York gets underway on this Tuesday morning. We are live from New York. In the news this morning, New York City had 891,000 fewer jobs in April than a year ago, a 19% decline. Not surprisingly, the biggest job losses were in industries most impacted by the lockdown, with leisure and hospitality employment falling 72% from April of 19. The city's unemployment rate jumped to 14.2% in April from just 4.1% in March. Just over 2.4 million initial claims for unemployment were filed in the week ending May 16th, down from just under 2.7 million the prior week. This marked the seventh straight week of declines. Since lockdowns began, 38.6 million people have filed unemployment claims. Uh, Good news, rates for 30-year conforming mortgages averaged 3.24% in the week ending May uh, May 21st, down from the prior week and just above the record low set at the end of April. One year ago, rates were averaging 4.06%. Mortgage applications have risen recently due to low rates and the reopening of many states, a positive sign for housing's recovery. Manhattan had a 7.8 month supply of uh, apartments for sale at the beginning of May, up from 7.2 months in April. The sharp drop in closings offset the decline in the number of apartments on the market. Once the city's economy reopens, we expect inventory to rise quickly, which will push the month's supply up sharply. Uh, All good news, we hope. Also, in 2020, millennials will be buying the bulk of real estate in the U.S. according to Realtor.com's 2020 housing market predictions. In their forecast, they predict that millennials' share of mortgage originations will surpass the unprecedented 50% this year, outnumbering the share of total homes purchased by members of Generation X and Baby Boomers at a respective 32% and 17%. Millennials currently comprise the largest generation in the United States. This generation, once marked by ambivalence or an inability to buy homes, has begun to reconsider its goals. The largest age bracket among millennials, 4.8 million, will be turning 30 this year and starting to reach the same milestones previous generations did in their 30s, such as starting families and moving into bigger spaces. It's an age at which they are on their first or second job, and many of those are starting families and having kids, and with that, their preferences have shifted. We are seeing that they obviously are very much interested now in buying homes. On our show today, I'm going to talk to seven such millennials who have become very successful in New York City real estate, so let's get started. With me today is Kristen Herrera from Halstead, Jessica Chesler from Douglas Elliman, Ben Jacobs from Douglas Elliman, Kyle Egan from Douglas Elliman, David Ayers from Corcoran, Sidney Blumstein from Corcoran, and of course, Matt Cohen from Halstead. Good morning to everyone and welcome here. Thank you for joining us this morning. How is everybody? Good morning. Good morning. It looks very cloudy up here in the country where I am. I'm not quite sure where you all are, but it's supposed to be a nice day, but I don't think it's going to be that way. It looks like more rain. It is very great, but makes for great lighting. <laughs> makes for great, yeah, well. The most important thing for the millennials. Yeah. Most important thing for all of us, trust me. It's sunny here. So listen, before we start talking about some millennial um, changes and, and positive good growth, I want to talk a little bit about the current marketplace. And, uh, you know, 
most New Yorkers, uh, they say, who don't absolutely need to buy or sell right now simply aren't doing so. And that's according to Street Easy's economist, Nancy Wu. The massive drop in inventory shows us that the majority of would-be sellers can wait and are opting to do so to avoid the pressure to make price cuts. Uh, how true is this? And are you seeing this in your business? Kyle, let me ask you, let me start with you. So are you seeing this uh, or hearing this in your business? And is it uh, really a true fact these days? Yes. Yes, I'm seeing it. I do think it's a fact. Um, I, I think that most of the sellers that I speak to want to know what's going on and of course want the answer for what the future holds. Um, so we have a lot of those conversations. Um, and then I don't see action beyond that. Um, so after informing them with everything that we know, uh, I still see people on the sidelines. But do you think that the reasoning, as I read a little bit ago, do you think the reasoning is because they don't want to make any price cuts right now, uh, or they just are uncertain as to how quickly they may sell? Because quite frankly, I was having a, a conversation with uh, a client uh, yesterday, you know, and my conversation really kind of wrapped around this thought that, look, you know, right now may be the right time to go to market, right now may be the right time to sell, because I don't know when we get going down the road here, three, four months, if the post-COVID-19 you know, requirement is going to be another 10, 15, 20% reduction in, in, in sale price. So you know, what are the sellers actually thinking? Are they trying to gauge that or are they just trying to think about, you know, well, I don't know that today right now is a good time. I think they're trying to gauge that. I think that they're, they're smart enough to anticipate the fact that there's going to be price cuts. Um, and if, if there aren't price cuts initially, the longer they're on the market, they're going to be. Um, so when you think about a huge amount of inventory coming to market, uh, if in fact that happens, I don't think that's a great thing for pricing either. So the, the, the other fact is most of them can afford to wait. So they're waiting to see what happens. They don't want to make the wrong move. Right. David Ayers, so tell me um, from your perspective, what, what are you seeing or what are you hearing, uh, better said, uh, today from your client base? Because I agree with what Kyle just said. Um, where, where are they thinking price-wise? You know, I mean, I think that this downturn, if that's what we're going to call the post-COVID uh, market, you know, is a little bit different than other ones from the standpoint that the New York City market, as everyone knows, has already you know, had a, a decrease going into this, unlike other downturns such as September 11th or 2008. So knowing that there is potentially a 10% discount from where sellers were thinking that they were going to be listing their apartments and their homes, uh, you know, we are anticipating bringing eight, 19 apartments to market uh, in, you know, whenever the, the pause is listed is lifted. So, you know, I think that we, you know, not to differ much from Kyle, but, you know, certainly sellers are concerned about pricing. They're, they're nervous about it. But a lot of the sellers that we have were anticipating selling in the spring season, uh, which we've obviously missed is not going to be punted to, to the summer season. And they, they want to sell and they're aware of the fact that they're going to maybe not get as much as they thought that they were going to get. And Jacob, so when you're talking to uh, potential sellers today as best as we can, you know, Zoom calls, you know, uh, however else we can connect, et cetera, you know, when it comes to pricing and, and when it comes to the conversation that at some point and hopefully, you know, mid to end of uh, uh, June, when we can get feet on the street again, et cetera, you know, what, what are their thoughts with regard to pricing? Do they immediately think that they have to price cut? Again, from, from your perspective, from your client base, or do they think, you know, same old, same old, I'm going to put it out for this price and let's hope for the best, et cetera. You know, I think me and, so me and Jessica, we've been working together for almost a year now. And I mean, like all of us here, we're having the challenge of where are we going to, where are we going to be able to price things? Where's the market going to be going in the coming months? Um, we have a, a lot of sellers who are, who are on the sidelines right now waiting for us to list. And um, we've decided that we're, we're not going to list until, you know, of course, until the order is lifted and we can actually physically go out there and work. Um, and one strategy that Jess and I have done for pricing is uh, we're going to price things maybe a little higher to begin with because we just don't know. And we, and we certainly cannot predict where the market is going. I mean, what we've told is told our sellers is look, let's, let's go ahead and let's try and list at a price that we would have listed 
had COVID-19 not happened because the market was was doing significantly better Q, uh, Q4 of 2019 in the first 60 days of 2020. So <laughs> we're going about it um, saying, you know, we're not going to guess and say, hey, the market's come down 10%, 15%, 20% from COVID-19. We're going to list how we would have listed uh, the end of February 2020. And then in 14, 21, 21 days or four or six weeks, however long the seller wants to wait, we'll readjust. And and we've told him that we're going to, to need to readjust because there is some kind of aftermath that's happened from this. But we just have no idea. Um, you know, yeah, I, I actually like that strategy. I actually deployed that strategy last week with a listing. We'll talk a little bit about more, uh, more about that later. In the interim, we've got to take a break. Good morning, New York is just getting underway on this Tuesday morning. We have so much more to go. Don't go away. We will be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Hi, this is James Nelson. I'm a huge fan of Vince's show, and I'd like to invite you all now to listen to my show on the Voice America Network, Real Estate Investing, live from New York. I will teach you everything you need to know about investing and operating commercial real estate. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of TV and radio shows that deal with investing in the stock market, and yet almost none that cover exclusively commercial real estate. This is not a get-rich-quick or how-to-flip-home shows. I will teach you step-by-step how to source, acquire, improve, and profit from commercial real estate. Please tune in live to the Voice America Business Channel every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. Thank you. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll free in North America at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back. And Matthew Cohen, I wanted to just complete the last thought with you. You've got lots going on at all times. You just recently had a closing. In your opinion, what do you think the post-COVID, um, post-COVID marketplace is going to look like from a price perspective? What should sellers uh, anticipate in conversation from any and all of us as we, you know, Zoom call them, pick up the phone to talk to them, eventually go and see them in person? What's happening? I really like what Kyle said about how sellers are always looking to us to tell them where things are going to be in the future. You know, whenever I'm speaking to someone, especially a seller, I always like to say, none of us have a crystal ball, but we can make the best educated opinions and advice based on what has happened in the past. Now is a very interesting time that no one's ever faced. But if anyone is busy, like I, I've been insanely busy lately, and I think that shows where the market is going. If you speak to anyone, especially mortgage lenders lately, there's a ton of pent up demand. There were just, you know, a lot of buyers who were out before quarantine started, who didn't pull the trigger or who didn't get into contract, who want to get back out there and buy things. Um, You know, having said that, the good things about sellers right now who were already thinking about selling is that we were already in a down market. You know, February and January was already a down market. So, yes, does COVID impact that? 
100%. But it's nice to know that we were already down. So it's most likely that the COVID effect is not going to turn a seller who was listing in February away in June or July, is my opinion. Yeah, uh, well said. I think if you have to sell, you have to sell, you have to sell. We're going to talk about the potential exodus out of the city uh, later on in another segment. Uh, but even as they, even as the sales market seemingly has dried up a bit, uh, and who knows where, where we're going to pick that up again, uh, and the economy is in overall turmoil, and all of this nonsense going on the past couple of weeks in, in almost every state of the union, Street Easy has found, though, that rents appear to be on the increase across all of our city, all of our boroughs, during the month of April, which was pretty much the height of lockdown. Kristen Herrera, so in your opinion, why would people be opting now to rent over potentially purchasing? And maybe some of those people were purchasing pre-COVID and then decided at the last minute, you know what, because of all this hysteria, maybe it's time to rent. Is that a fact? Um, I think so, yeah. I think the uncertainty for, you know, New York in general, not necessarily the real estate market is scary, um, especially for the older age group where, you know, it's like we have buyers that are 60 plus that are that were looking right before this and now they decided to rent for six months because they're just not sure. Um, it's just, uh, I guess the uncertainty, I mean, I guess I have, I do have more, way more busy with my rentals than I am sellers. The only sellers that I have are people that need to sell. And even then it's hard to explain to them that, you know, you might receive a pandemic offer. Um, and you know, it's just what we're, we're dealing with. And like Matt said, we don't have a crystal ball. We can't say, okay, in six months you'll get, you know, what it's worth or what you want for it. It's just, we kind of have to roll with the punches and figure it out. But I do think more people are renting now than uh, buying. I also think the can I, I also think that the rental market is very interesting right now because you have a lot of people who are breaking their leases. I, I find that a lot of I hear a lot of people who are breaking their leases to move out of the city for the summer, you know, get out for a few months or, you know, I was just talking to someone who's breaking their lease because they want to take advantage of the buying opportunity in the next few months. It doesn't mean right this second, but in the next few months. So I think the rentals are going to be this weird sector of the market that is going to do a lot of different things, to be honest, because of so many, so many people leaving the park. The Manhattan rental index, as a matter of fact, rose 2.5% year over year to 3308 in April of, of, of this past year. So last month. So that's what I'm saying. In, in the height of the uh, pandemic, it, it, it rose. The Brooklyn rent index rose 4.8%, while Queens uh, uh, index rose up to 3.2% to $2,200 per month. The Indices track monthly changes in rent for all housing types in the boroughs. You know, I guess my question, Jessica, would be, so why are people willing to pay even more on the rental line uh, than they were just back in March when all of this started? Is it because of that panic and fear of not necessarily wanting to buy? They've got to wrap something up to live in. So let's just pay whatever they're asking in a rental pr uh, price. Well, I think that there's a discrepancy. It's funny. We have, even in our luxury, you know, listings, we have a townhouse that's on the market for 12 and a half, Ben and I, and we ended up putting it on for sale and or putting it on for rent. And the reason is we were getting lowball offers. And I think that a lot of people were starting to get lowball offers. So I think the rental numbers went up as owners were not really sure where the market was going to go and wanting to hold on and be able to at least get something out of their assets. So if they weren't sure where things were going, but they weren't living there, people were more willing to rent it than before. So I think that that is part of the reason that there were more rentals that came on. But to your point, I think that people, there's just a lot of uncertainty. And we've advised a lot of our clients not to make rash decisions. Um, we have a lot of clients that you know have called us that are kind of at that point where do they buy their second apartment and kind of grow into it? Or do they move out of the city to the suburbs and We've really told them that, you know, it's it's a lot safer to rent because right now between everything going on, whether it's COVID, whether it's, you know, everything in the political spectrum, it, it's really hard to make a decision that is so much of, you know, what you're spending is going into a, 
a big purchase, obviously. So I think that helps the rental market a lot. Yeah. Um, um, Sydney, I want to ask you about renting sight unseen. I had a couple of uh, three or four rentals, you know, during this pandemic, you know, first of all, two of them were, I had since January, you know, take a while to rent. I don't do a lot of rentals. And so maybe, you know, whatever, but uh, it took a while that all of a sudden the pandemic hit and, and bang, they're gone. Then two others sight unseen, sight unseen. I mean, uh, in your opinion, you know, how does that fly? Yeah, I'm really not a fan of sight unseen. I think it leaves us all open for a lot of discomfort. Um, I have clients signing the sight unseen waiver, and I think it puts a ton of onus on us as the agents with our marketing materials or the way we show something on video to indicate how a home is going to feel, which is the most important part of our job, which can never be communicated digitally. So I think people who are doing that are people in more dire circumstances who potentially have potentially have a partner and a child in a studio apartment and are taking advantage of this opportunity to get into a bigger space. But I hope that's not the trend moving forward. I think we are a big key part of getting people physically into spaces. And I look forward to when we can do that safely again. Um, I didn't realize there was a rise in the popularity of sight unseen leases. I think that's spooky across the board. Yeah, well said. And I, and I absolutely agree with that. David, let me ask you something. So the sight unseen phenomenon in, in rentals, okay, I can somewhat get it. How are you seeing any of that in sales based on the virtual tours that we're all doing, based on the video tours we're all doing, just based on maybe the hyped up demand that, hey, you know, I need to do something right now before this all ends because of X, Y, or Z. Are you seeing any of that on the sales side? The short answer to that is, is no, none. Um, I think people are, are in general going to be much more cautious with buying something sight unseen unless, and we're, we don't currently have a lot of new development that we're representing, but unless it's a new development, which I do understand and speaking with a lot of my colleagues at Corcoran Sunshine, which is the new development arm of Corcoran, um, that there is a, a pretty decent amount of buyers who are willing to buy a new development sight unseen. I think part of it, 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 it feels safer than a resale in that it's new. It's, you know, they also have, you know, typically, I know this is changing a little bit now with the resale market and we're having to do a lot more video and matter report tours, the 3D tours of the apartments and things like that. But that was more commonplace in the new development sphere. So I think if you're out there and you want to buy a one bedroom, two, but whatever size apartment in, in a new development, I think we are going to see some sight unseen stuff. I think resale, I, I don't see it happening as much. I was, I was going to say that I, you know, I had two deals go into contract site unseen in the last few weeks. Um, and to, you know, to the point of rentals and site unseen, I think it's definitely easier to commit to a rental because it's not permanent. I think it's easier for, sure. for someone, as Sydney said, like we just rented something in two days because we priced it well. The people who are renting it need more space and they're taking advantage of the opportunity to afford that. But it's easier to commit to a rental where you don't own it for years on end. But having said that, I agree with David in the new development you know, sphere that people are already used to buying something a little more sterile when it comes to new development. There's not as much emotion there. So it's a little bit easier to buy it sight unseen. And you know, I also was talking to a client yesterday, and I don't know if anyone agrees, but I was saying that I really think this is a time where in four or five years, you're going to see the people who were willing to pull the trigger and willing to go for a deal are going to, you know, really, really succeed with their purchase, kind of like those people who were willing to buy something back in 2010 when, you know, the world was not sure financially and, and nothing was set in stone and people took some risk. And, you know, in 2017, they made, you know, anywhere from, from 20 to 30% on their purchase in 2010. So I think you will definitely see that in this time. Yeah, it's interesting. I was trying to price something yesterday that the, the seller actually purchased in 2010 and I'm like, okay, so, and he's thinking he can get, you know, that profit margin over the past 10 years. He might have three or four years ago, but he certainly cannot today. And so when I'm reviewing some of the prices that, you know, would make sense as far as a list price, you know, I can, you know, that pregnant pause on the other side of the, of the, the phone. And I said, so listen, you know, 
I'm going to repeat myself. If you would have put this on the market two year, three years ago, or or a few more years behind that, you would have done fine. You're not losing anything based on what you paid for it, but you know how that conversation goes. So that is yet to be seen. Follow up conversation today. Before we go to our commercial, uh, before we go to our break, though, uh, a read from one of our sponsors. Right now, everyone is spending most of their days on social media, so it is a perfect time for real estate brokers to get in front of their sphere of influence. Uh, Very Social is here to help you engage your audience sensitively yet powerfully in these unprecedented times. You do not need to go silent or to be serious, but rather be empathetic and think of the needs of your customers. It's not business as usual for anyone right now, so we recommend pivoting from your typical marketing messages. Instead, emphasize the personal connection of social media, engage your audience with messages of compassion, and have fun with it. Very Social can help you create a plan of action to post timely, meaningful content on your behalf. They are offering a free consultation when you mention my show, Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Be very social. Be part of the conversation. For more information, contact WeAreVerySocial.com. That is their website, WeAreVerySocial.com, or call 561-405-0945. That's 561-405-0945. Four five, and we will be right back after these messages with so much more. So don't go away. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, this is James Nelson. I'm a huge fan of Vince's show, and I'd like to invite you all now to listen to my show on the Voice America Network, Real Estate Investing, live from New York. I will teach you everything you need to know about investing and operating commercial real estate. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of TV and radio shows that deal with investing in the stock market, and yet almost none that cover exclusively commercial real estate. This is not a get-rich-quick or how-to-flip-home shows. I will teach you step-by-step how to source, acquire, improve, and profit from commercial real estate. Please tune in live to the Voice America Business Channel every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. Thank you. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. I don't know about you all out in the country, but I'm in the country too, and I keep looking out the window here because in New York City, all I see is buildings and, and windows out my window. But I look out here, and there's trees, and there's sky, and there's white picket fences. I mean, it's like in the country, it makes me feel uh, more settled than not. Anyway, we are back with Kristen Herrera from Halstead, Jessica Chesler from Douglas Elliman, Ben Jacobs from uh, Douglas Elliman, Kyle Egan, Douglas Elliman, Matthew Cohen from Halstead, David Ayers from Corcoran, and Sidney Blumstein from Cochrane as well. So a good mix of young, super talented, and successful agents today. Um, I want to talk about, listen, we all want our people back, right? We all want to get our feet on the street. Manhattan needs its people back, and I think every one of us can resonate that, you know, with, with bullhorns. But do the people need New York City? COVID-19 may not be a pause, according to Governor Cuomo. He says it might be a rupture, one that has vast implications for New York City. 
As such, there's been much buzz about them in the media about New Yorkers vacating their city dwellings in favor of suburban life. At the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, this led to a significant backlash from second home and vacation town residents, interestingly, who worried that New Yorkers like us were going to bring the virus with us wherever we were going. And it turns out many people did. However, data complicates uh, stories like this that say more people are fleeing New York for permanent homes elsewhere. You know, it may be true, it may not be true. So I ask all of you, uh, what is the real deal here? Are you hearing this from your books of business, from your business partners, from your colleagues, friends? What's the buzz on the street right now with regard to this? Uh, Ben, have you been hearing people say, hey, listen, I'm over this. I can't deal with this. I got to go. Well, I've been, Vince, I've been down in Miami since, you know, around mid-March and all of the Miami, I I have a license down here. So I I do do some selling down here and all of the Miami. Say hello to Tracy Hammersley. I I will. I will. She's probably down here too. And all the South Florida agents are, think that this is, is what's going on. This situation is going to be huge for the market down there. They think a lot of who were already leaving a lot of were, were leaving and going down doing residency down in South Florida because of, uh, of because of the low taxes they think they're now going to be coming down for uh, for reasons of not being in cramped spaces and 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 having you know more outdoor space and a different style of, of living that's down here um, you know for my opinion on it is I think potentially in the short term, the secondary <clears throat> and, and third, third uh, pied-à-terre market. Um, you know, I could see that some of those people who recently bought a, a second or a third home might decide that they want to sell or someone who is thinking of buying a pied-à-terre in New York City now are going to be on hold and might decide to go to a market like L.A. or, or Miami to, to, buy, to buy that second home. But I don't see the primary market primary residents in New York who are there now, who have children, who have children who are there now, who are going to school, are going to just all of a sudden up and leave and do a major career move. Kyle Egan, Kyle Egan, let's kind of expand on that. So, uh, you know, also buzz is that, you know, as we come back from COVID, as we come back to real life, as we come back to our jobs and our businesses and our offices, and I know all the real estate brokerage firms are debating how we're going to do that as well. The buzz is that more people are going to opt to work from home because they have been working from home, et cetera. So my follow-on question to Ben's comments, which I also agree with, do you think that the fact that more people will be working from home will create an atmosphere in their living? It could be anywhere. And so the thought of leaving the city isn't as traumatic as it might have been three months ago. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that a lot of the people who are making the decision to leave, um, not only because they're going to be working from home more um, or full time, depending on what their situation is, but also um, if you have children in an apartment who you can't take to a city park in New York City, there's next to nothing you can do with them. So, you know, and kids, they need exercise stimulation and, 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 you know, they need to be able to get outside and do fresh things. Fresh air, absolutely. Yeah, they need fresh air. So I think a lot of people who may have been on the fence about leaving anyway or felt that their budget was stretched and they really weren't getting that much are the folks who were the first to make the decision to leave. Um, obviously, the people who, who have second homes can decide to do what they were going to do anyway. And a lot of our clients, I'm sure all of, all of you have clients who keep places in New York City and already had a house uh, yeah. of the city who are in the Hamptons now, so... Well, that's what I was going to say, uh, Sydney. So, what, what keeping it local, you know, to the the New York, as I call New York metropolitan area, where then do they move to uh, from, you know, New York City proper, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, Long Island City, whatever? Where do they move to so they can keep that nucle- nucleus, New York City, as their their work hub, if necessary? Yeah, we're seeing most of our customers going to Connecticut near upstate New York. And then if they have a high threshold for traffic out to the Hamptons. But um, as a native New Yorker, we're heading north because it's a lot quieter and easier. And I feel like the draw is being able to step out your front door without a mask on. 
or yeah. not have to ride in an elevator. Yeah. Um, and I think people have always considered their second homes to be special, but suddenly are seeing a ton of value in them and wondering why they paid eight times the price to be in one eighth the size in the city. Um, I feel like as a native New Yorker, it's a bit of a natural selection process. Like if you've been here for years, compromising with your partner, living in a tight space, this is really the moment that's kicking people to make that new decision. And the only thing that's delaying, I think, an even bigger exodus is the insecure unknown of when they can list their property for sale. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things we haven't talked about is that we may have a deluge of listings by the time we hit September that may instigate the market and make it more interesting in addition to softening it. So we could end up in sort of an even playing field to where we were, just more activity, just more listings, more <laughs> buyers. Everybody seems to be getting pre-approval letters right now as well. Kristen Herrera, beautiful person inside and out. Happy birthday, by the way. Yeah. You celebrated you, a birthday this week. Happy awesome. birthday. Thank you. Thank so, you. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about the the Hamptons buzz. So you've been out there for a bit during quarantine. So are people considering staying in their already owned homes? or rented homes, whatever they're doing? Uh, and is there increased um, interest in people running out there whenever they can these days to purchase and stay yeah, there? So um, I definitely think that it is a little bit more saturated and more people are wanting to be out here now. Um, the locals are not very happy about it, um, but uh, there's really nothing on the market. You can't rent anything now. It, there's no... I have clients that are looking to be out here and there's just nothing on the market. There's nothing available. Um, and people also buy their, you know, rent their summer homes months in advance. So some people have already planned this. Um, I'm interesting. I'm interested to see how the shares will go. Um, especially with the shares that are 30 to 35 people in one house. Will they have, you know, 15 people in a weekend? Will they have, will they have like staggered schedules? Um, you know, so I'm interested to see how that will go. Um, but yeah, the, the locals around here are not very happy. So, Jessica, so from your perspective, you know, we, we have seen this and, and you haven't, you're, you're way too young for this, but we've seen this exodus, so to speak, from 9-11, from uh, the 2008-2009 financial crisis, uh, when people just throw their hands up in there and say, I've had enough, I got to go, this is too much for me, my kids, so no kids, whatever it is got to go. Um, do you see it then as a uh, huge uh, sale listing opportunity for uh, uh, for brokers in New York City, or is it just going to be kind of run-of-the-mill, you know, day-to-day -day activity? You know, I think it's going to, it's it's tough. It's kind of like, I grew up in Westchester, and I've been in Westchester mm -hmm. since March now. So yeah. I think that, you know, to add on to what Sydney was saying, I think that Westchester is definitely going to be a hub for people to try and go to. We had I had a call with a client last night at 9.30 that, you know, didn't want to move. And now they're asking what to do. Um, and I kind of have been saying to them, like, it's it's up to you. You know, like, it, it's you want to list and maybe not get the same price. You want to, do you know you want to be in the suburbs? Like, it's, it's a tough decision to make for someone. I said that they could really only make it themselves. And Ben and I have said that to all of our clients um, that, unfortunately, you know, I don't know what the listings are going to be like. I think everything that goes to market when the market reopens is going to be with real sellers, um, which I think is a really positive thing because I don't know what the inventory will be, but I think it'll be people that are serious. And I think that will make buyer's life very, you know, easy to know that, you know, it's not about finding the off markets that people are so, you know, fascinated by. It's, you know, if people are on the market now, that means that they're ready to sell. So... I don't know what it will bring. I don't think inventory is going to be crazy. I think it'll be a lot of new development. Um, we'll have a lot of inventory, but I think that resales, you know, the good brokers are going to have real conversations with their sellers to make sure that they're making the right decision rather than just trying to collect listings. But, you know, we have clients of ours that rented, we rented a house to them last summer in the Hamptons for 250000 for a month. And that same house rented for 800000 for the same month. So, like Kristen was saying, the prices in the Hamptons right now, it's its not worth going to. And I think in a weird way, it will force people to go try, you know, upstate New York, try Westchester, try, you know, northern Connecticut and different areas like that that they might fall in love with. And 
the feeling of not wearing a mask might become so desirable that they list sooner than they think. I agree. You know, uh, people around the country just dropped their coffee cup when you said renting a house for $850,000 for more mo- for one month. It's kind of like, that's what the fascination of this show is all about. And that's why it's received so well around the world, because people will sit there and say, well, I didn't pay $850,000 for my house that I keep yeah. forever. And someone the spends the Hamptons it. is not a place you want to be if you <laughs> want to hear those numbers. No, absolutely not. David Ayer, so uh, from your perspective, uh, what is uh, the new development you know, uh, business all about these days? Uh, it's, been, it's gone through ups and downs, and right now things seem to be okay. Uh, at least there's interest. But when we come back out of this, where does it go? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it, there, it's no secret that there is a lot of new development in the New York City market. And, uh, you know, I think that what we're going to see is continued negotiability on that front. Uh, sponsors, which are the developers, negotiating. I did a new development deal right before the lockdown happened, and the sponsor paid all of the closing costs, including the mansion tax. So, you know, we're, we're seeing more and more of that. And I think that that's going to be very interesting to buyers because they can get into something that's new that they maybe didn't think that they could do and get a really good deal on it. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. All right. We're going to come back after break uh, and we're going to talk about how the millennials uh, as a group of professionals have shifted their buying strategy. And we're going to talk about the reasons why right after these messages. So don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders, so you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back for segment four, and I want to ask the group, um, you know, not too long ago, we were reporting on this show, and, you know, basically out of research from from uh, many periodicals, that the millennial set group of uh, young folks in our country were not really interested in buying, hesitant in buying, wanted to do you know so many other things with their life first before they kind of plunked down in these days millions of dollars to buy property. Uh, but things seem to have changed a little bit. And from what I've been reading and researching lately, the the whole strategy that they may have had just five six months ago seems to have changed. Matthew Cohen, do you think that um, the change in uh, the decision to purchase or not, uh, is this a response to COVID-19 or is it something that, you know, as I read in the beginning, you know, folks are, you know, approaching 30, oh my God, so old, and they're beginning to think about the rest of their life. If you can underscore the rest of your life at 30 years old, I don't know. Uh, What do you think it's in response to? I mean, I'm always the first one to say, not that I'm biased or anything, but that millennials are truly some of the smartest people in New York City. I mean, you know, look at the pro, even just, you know, taking a negative like the protests or, or where the protest has gone to the negative, you know, and making it a positive. So many of those protesters are millennials and they're so smart and they're staying in the city they're super well-educated, they're extremely well-employed, and more than anything, millennials love opportunity. And I think that all those millennials who 
didn't want to be tied down and have flexibility so they wouldn't commit to buying. I think they now see, wow, there's amazing opportunity in the market. So I will finally, you know, take advantage of the opportunity in an intellectual way. Kyle, is there a fear factor you think with the millennial set um, in that because of a pandemic like this that, I mean, really, you know, we can kind of fluff it off sometimes if we want to, but most of us don't. But do you think it's because the fear, the great fear that came with something that none of us, regardless of our ages, have ever experienced in our life before? Uh, and back in, eight, you know, in 1918, 19, when none of us were even thought of. I mean, do you think it's because of fear that people are saying, well, you know, who knows what the rest of this world's going to be like, how long we have to live on this earth. Do you think that has anything to do with people getting, being pushed a little bit to make not only purchase, but to make other decisions? As Matt said, you know, that group is a smart collection of uh, guys and gals. What do you, is it fear? I think fear is part of it. Sure. I think it's different for everybody. I think people have, you know, many different motivations as to why they choose to buy, to sell. They decide to rent, they decide to move out. Um, I think one of the big questions now is, am I getting what I'm paying for? Millennials are super detail-oriented. They know uh, what's going on in their wallet, and they want to know um, what what is it worth to be somewhere if I'm paying for something that's cool that's no longer cool. Mm. How do you define cool? I think, well, it depends. I, you spend a lot of money for a tiny space. Is that cool? It's not cool if you, you can't go enjoy the city that you thought you were buying into. Yeah. I remember growing up, you know, when, when you had that opportunity, because it was always, you know, instilled in my head for, by my parents, you know, buy a piece of the rock. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter what size the rock is at the moment. You know, you buy a piece of the rock, you buy it, you sell it, you do another thing, you buy it, you sell it again, whatever. And you kind of progress up. I think millennials today are so much smarter and I agree with that they want to make sure they understand every intricacy of a deal, especially if we're talking about purchase, uh, and take that to where um, they need it to be. And, and hopefully it's the right decision. Uh, and they make uh, a good uh, good decision and it makes money going forward. David Ayer, so where in your opinion, we've got a few minutes left in our segment here, where in your opinion do you see this marketplace trending? Obviously we've been in pause, obviously we've been you know stagnated. Um, where are we trending? I mean, that's a very big, broad, open question. <laughs> and we talked thanks about a lot the, of the, the simple one. Yeah. No, I know. Well, we talked about a lot of the, the particular components as we went along here, but I believe it's trending positively, but um, you know, everybody seems to have a different opinion. So where do you think we're going? Well, I'll preface it by saying, you know, as we've all said, it's impossible to sharpshoot this market that's coming up. So none of us really know. Um, I agree with a lot that's been said today and the fact that I do think that there's going to be a lot of listings that come to market. I think if you're a buyer, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities uh, to get a good value or at least a perceived value. And I think there's going to be a lot of opportunistic buyers for sellers, which sellers are going to have to say, okay, I'm willing to at least entertain this offer that is hundreds of thousands of dollars below what I thought I was going to start receiving offers at. And it's going to be our job to walk sellers and buyers through that process, which is what we've always done. So, uh, you know, my hope and, and uh, my true hope is that I think that we're all going to be okay. I think this has been a lot of fear. I think people are coming out of it. And I think that the New York market is going to rebound. The one thing we haven't touched on on this, and I, and I don't want to open up a, a whole nother topic, but is the amount of revenue that's been lost in the city. If they start to raise, uh, you know, India real estate taxes, if they pass the Pieta Terra tax, uh. things like that, it's going to seriously squeeze the market again. So at some point, people are going to get fed up. But what I'm hoping is that does not happen and we can, uh, cooler heads will prevail and we'll figure out another, maybe they'll legalize marijuana. I don't know. But oh, another way to raise income in the city and they can leave the, the market alone and let it, let just, you know, it, it do it, run itself, which is what it does well. Yeah. Uh, so, did you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I love when people ask real estate brokers to pull out their crystal ball and say what's to come because we seem to constantly be asked that. But I think nobody knows and it's exciting that there's going to be a big shift in the market. The market has been a bit stagnant and boring. And 
I I agree. I hope they don't continue to squeeze our industry. But I think New York got really exciting in the 70s and 80s when it was suffering from something like this. I hope we see more artists and creatives able to be here. And I think people who really want to be in New York will be and we're the agents who can serve them. Yeah, uh, I, I agree, though, with what David was saying about the taxes. And, you know, we were just we just kind of left a very uh, almost uh, robust period in January and February of this year at the start of a new year, the start of a new market. But we always had these looming, you know, pied-à-terre tax and other things, crazy stuff coming down from the state that can and still may happen. So those are the only things that I can think of that ultimately uh, could stall progress. Uh, as we kick start again, but that could stall progress and hopefully it doesn't uh, because, you know, uh, what he said a minute ago, David, is like, look, you know, look we're, we're, we're cash starved as a state and as an economy. Where does it come from and who usually makes up that difference? We do. Uh, quickly, um, Ben, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, that, I think that's a really big concern for all of us. I mean, before before this pandemic, a, a big concern was that there was a lot of uh, high net worth uh, New Yorkers that were leaving and, and um, going down to South Florida or other, uh, or other states um, where there's a significantly, significantly less income tax and doing residency yeah. there. So right now when, when we are in a, a, a time of crisis, I hope that uh, the city officials will not raise taxes um, on us because it's the last thing we need, especially in the, in, in the real estate industry where, where the Matthew, taxes are, go ahead, go ahead. Finish your thought. No, just where the taxes are already so high. Yeah. Well, and, and getting higher, Matthew, take us home, close it out. You know, I, I keep on repeating to people that I think there are three things that we're going to see coming up. I think you're going to see major buyer opportunity. You're going to see major opportunity to upgrade. So people who are having children need more space, getting married. But then third, which we haven't touched on, which is very interesting, is a tremendous need for outdoor space. I think you're going to see more than ever people want something to step out onto, whether it's even just a Juliet balcony. So even though there will obviously be a price amendment in the market, I think that apartments that are not only special, but special that have outdoor space will really hold tremendously well. Very well said. And all of you, thank you so much. This is the Millennial Set. These are the successful brokers. Look them up, call them, work with them. That is our broadcast for today. Thank you for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter, on Facebook, or Instagram at Vince Rocco. Stay home, stay safe, stop the spread, and be kind to one another. Keep your eye on the stars, but keep your feet on the ground. For all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. Good luck and be well. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program.